Welcome to episode 26 of Collector's Quest. Today, Kat and I do a brief overview of the Sega Master System. And again, if you like what we're doing, please go ahead and just go right to iTunes and give us a review. That could really help us out. And thanks again for listening. Stay tuned. Welcome back to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Kat, here with Johnny. Good evening, Kat. Um, yes, for me, it is evening. That is correct. Yeah, I got it right. I know what's going on. Yep, that's for me, awesome. For me, it's nearly evening. Okay, fair enough. That's good. I always just expect with the time change that somebody's going to say that, and it's not going to be correct for my time zone. Uh, just because I've publicly got it wrong like five times on this podcast? Are you insinuating that I'm probably going to get it wrong again? Um, no, I'm just pleasantly surprised. Uh, I don't even want to talk to you about this anymore. Talk to me <laughs> about games, Cat. Okay, so today we're going to switch it up a little bit from Nintendo-based things and talk about the Sega Master System. Ooh, what are, what are we going to say about the Sega Master System? Well, we're going to say a whole lot of things. Um, go through kind of a, a brief history of it, um, a little bit about the library, how many games there are, things to look out for that are rare or expensive, and a few little quirky things to go along with the system. Ah, so you might call this an overview of the Sega Master System? Yes, but I liked my more complex way of saying it. Okay, so an overview of the Sega Master System as it pertains to North America, right? Because it's a much bigger animal if we try to go global on it. Yes, it definitely is. It's probably the least popular where we are. Um, I don't want to get into trying to uh, talk about it in other places because I think that will go outside my knowledge. Yeah, well, and the other problem is that Sega, the king of variants and revisions and weird changes, uh, once you start getting on a global scale with them, it just becomes a nightmare. So yeah, let's just stay focused in the US. So when did it come out? It came out in 1986 in North America. It's kind of the supposed to be the competitor with the NES at that time. Uh, yeah, not not a good competitor. No, it didn't really uh, hold up to that here. Um, it kind of did from, you know, get some more well-received uh, feedback other places. But here it, it kind of fell short. Uh, for me, it was something that I had never played when I was younger, never really heard about. It wasn't something I got into until I actually started collecting. I knew one kid growing up who had a Master System, and he was that kid that kind of had everything anyways, and you just like, whenever you went to his house to play a game, he had everything, but he didn't want anyone to touch anything, so it was just like, ugh, I roll, no one likes you, let's, let's leave. It's, all of these games aren't even worth hanging out with you. Unfortunately, we were, we were jerks, and... That kid was a bigger jerk, so we weren't even we weren't interested in him. Okay, well that's that's fair. So you did have at least some exposure to it, even with this one terrible child. Yeah, we. I mean, he lived like two houses down, so you you know during the summer you kind of are, you know, you're stuck to your neighborhood, and even if you only kind of like someone or don't really like him, sometimes you just get stuck playing in those circles when you are like I don't know eight years old. I think that's what I was. So, okay. Uh, yeah, very minimal experience with it, though. I, I You know what? It's weird, because I still know this guy, and I, I like him much better now as an adult. And I, I've had to bring him up a few times, because he's one of the people who have a Sonic that I know he bought here at a Toys R Us. I remember when he bought it, actually. And uh, he does not have a, a UPC label on it, but we'll get into that later. 
Okay, very cool. Yep, so what else do we need to know about the Master System? If you're expecting it to be like the NES, you're probably going to be disappointed. No, there's more to say to it than that. Um, I'm kind of biased. Um, it's got great colors. Um, it's got a few more colors than the NES counterpart, but I know you brought up a good point that you're not quite as fond of the sound. No, um, the sound, I don't know what it is, but I, I just don't feel it's quite as rich, right? It like I guess technically it has more colors, but for some reason in the sound, the sound never grabbed me. I'm, I was never really a big sound guy anyways, though I loved the way Castlevania and Blaster Master sounded. Yeah. I just didn't, the Master System, when I would hear it, it just sounded, I always thought it sounded like kind of tinny or something. That was like my first impression of it. I remember going, well, oh, this sounds weird. So I don't know if it's just that it sounds different and I didn't pr prefer that or I was just used to the NES. And this bias comes out of me as like an eight-year-old. So that may be incorrect. I still don't like the way it sounds. So Okay. Well, that's... That's fair, and it's got a, a few little um, quirky features, like the pause button being on the console instead of the controller. It's weird. Yeah, that is very, very weird. Not kind convenient. Of a, no, not convenient at all. It, the cool aspect is, is it plays cartridges and cards. Well, a unique thing to the Sega Master System, built-in games. Things like Hang On, Mario Hunt. Yes. Unlike Nintendo, which, you know, you got your Mario and your Duck Hunt which came with the system, these ones just were built in, which was strange. Well, yeah, which is kind of a cool aspect, those games, because those are probably not my, you know, not my go-to games. But that's interesting, because it's weird to think about that, that there are things beyond cartridges, because we just got so into systems that are just cartridge-based. Turbo Graphics had the Hue card, too. I, I mean, I don't actually know how similar those are, but they are both cards. It was weird. I remember seeing them and just thinking, and still today thinking, this is bizarre because, again, very used to cartridges yeah. as far as yeah. these systems go. I mean, and obviously Sega committed hard into cartridges shortly thereafter. Yeah. There are some accessories that kind of go along with it. Not a whole, whole lot like you might see with other systems, but it had the 3D glasses, sports pad, the light phaser, the handle controller, and the control stick, which is for things like arcade classics or what it was supposed to be for. Uh, it's kind of interesting that they came out with the 3D glasses, like, kind of early, right? We all talk about 3D now, and they were trying to do, like, their version of 3D back in the day. I mean, we're, yeah. not, we're not talking just basic 3D. We're not Rad Racer 3D glasses in the box. This is, like, an actual 3D glasses you had to plug in. And the most disappointing uh, thing about this is how easily they break, because the arm on these things always break off. So if you're a collector... And you're looking for these. There's the built-in version that you can get housed with the Sega Master System, like all in one complete box. But there is an individual box that you can buy, just the glasses. So careful if you buy those. And uh, make sure you check out the arms because they break off. Just an unfortunate reality. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. Um, it seems to be harder to come by a set that are in good condition and all there. Yeah. One cool thing about the Master System, and much like the Genesis... They started early with the idea of the clamshell box, which, as far as protection for your games, it's the best, right? The the plastic clamshells, so you didn't have to worry about the box. You One, it made you keep the box. Two, you didn't have to worry about the box being destroyed. And yes. you, know, your man, you knew where your manual was going to be, kind of easier to get out. I do wish with both the Master System and the Genesis games that they kind of made the housing to keep the manual in a little bit better, because I feel okay. like it sometimes slides down into the where you fold so sometimes you'll get a bend there but you know that's that's pretty picky I, overall you know the boxes were great and that started with the master system 
And they certainly do, like you said, because them being plastic and so forth, um, certainly have survived probably a little better than some of the cardboard boxes for other systems. Yeah, and I think that does contribute to some of the price disparity in the collecting. I mean, obviously Nintendo is more popular, but also, you know, to find a boxed game uh, for a Genesis or a Master System title is a little bit easier to find. If you're going to find one, you might just find the box with it. Whereas yeah. with the Nintendo game, it's unlikely you'll find the box. You know, you have to look a lot harder. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a really good point. And speaking of, you know, games and library and stuff like that, I know that this is a lot smaller of a library. So how many games does it have? I think the number is 114. Uh, it's like in the 114, 115 range. Uh, again, depends on how you count. And then, you know, there's variants and mail-aways. So, you know, that number is... It's pretty much there. I think everywhere I see published is 114, uh, but I know I know a few people who say 115, and some people debate whether Ultima should be in the library or not, and that, that Power Strike counts because it was a mail away. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of different stuff going on there, but I. But definitely a smaller library than other systems, especially compared to the NES. Oh yeah, well, and that and that's just a product of it not doing as well over here in North America. I think the total library is over 300 games. So in the world, you know, the Master System was a lot more competitive, a lot more popular. Super popular in Brazil, stayed there for a long time. Like, think about, you think about the Genesis and you think about Sonic, Sonic 2. But Sonic is a game that came out at the end of the Master System's life cycle in the, in the States. But they also had, you know, everywhere else, they had Sonic 2. And I don't think they had Sonic 3. But they had, you know, multiple Sonic games on it. So you're talking like getting into 91, 92, and you're seeing games still being published. And that's, you know, Genesis came out in like 90, 89, around there. I think 90, early 90 or late 89. So they were still producing a bunch of Master System games uh, while they were doing Genesis as well, just because it was, even though it didn't make it here, it was still doing fine in the world. Yeah, that that's a very good point because we kind of think when things don't do well here that they just don't do well everywhere. Oh yeah, that's uh, you know uh, your confirmation bias and your your country bias. Like oh yeah, if it's can't make it here, then it sucks everywhere. You know, America. <laughs> you, know, you get into into that kind of thinking, but that's not true. Okay, well that that's fair. Um, so it's definitely um, an interesting system to collect for. I know when I started collecting, it was, you know, somewhat easier to find the games than it is now. And I know, like we talked about, it not being as popular here, so there not being as many numbers in games. Um, but it's something that I've seen really the prices starting to go up and up. I don't know if more people are just starting, you know to collect for it and it's making those few games even fewer yeah i i don't know i I think it just has to do with supply i I think people collectors you know how collectors go they buy a bunch of stuff and you know they start finishing sets or they get interested or you know some people just want to buy the cool expensive things from all the the systems so they kind of get sucked in as they as nintendo kind of closes off and some people jumped away from collecting Nintendo because of the price. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think, I don't know if the demand is so great, but I do feel like the supply is a lot more limited. And, yes. you know, the prices have been steadily trickling up, but they have not exploded. I mean, Genesis prices haven't exploded, 
but they have seen a pretty good upshot, not not in the way the NES or the Super Nintendo did, but you know, it is those prices on Genesis and Master System are climbing. Like throughout all the Sega systems, really, it's just at a a slower rate, but it is definitely an increase. I'm wondering if if in like five years or something, it's going to be, you know, we'll look back and go, wow, that was a dramatic increase. I guess it depends on how things continue to trend with retro gaming. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see where where the Master System lands because it is a neat little console and it does have some good games. And it's got a, a library that is much bigger than just the U.S. library represents that has even better games. And I think if you are coming at, coming at it from just a gaming perspective, you should explore the, the full library because there's a lot of great games that come over um, that you just can't see here. They're Master of Darkness. It's like kind of a Castlevania clone that wasn't in the U.S. So there's just stuff like that. Sonic 2 that you should try out. There's a lot of good games out there that just, again, didn't make it here. But there's a lot of them that still come out of Brazil. Like That's where the games get very popular and expensive when you start talking about the tech toy releases, which were specifically out of Brazil, where the Master System lived for a very long time. I think that was part of what was driving the its console life, which I think made it to like 94 or something in Brazil. I may be off on that. It might even be a little bit longer. But it was still going kind of strong there because... The Brazilian market was just great for it. Now you have all these kind of rare games that come out of there and, the, and these blue tech toy boxes or blue spines. And, you know, those can be very expensive. Yeah. Now, speaking of something else that's expensive, um, the UPC stickers can make a big difference. Yeah. Okay. So this is the greatest, most annoying debate when you start talking about the master system as far as a collector. Do UPC, do UPC stickers count? And my answer is I don't care. Uh, you, if you say they count, great. They count or they don't count. <clears throat> the game, the packaging, and everything is the same except for a UPC sticker, which was stuck on the outside of the box. And because these games were just imported from from Europe, and there is not a lot of them, but there is four. And they are Strider, Golden Axe Warrior, Sonic, and Spider. Okay, so Strider, Golden Axe Warrior. Um, Spider-Man, not really a big deal. Sonic is the one with the greatest contention. So Sonic has this UPC sticker. It goes from like a $25 game all the way suddenly to a $500, $1,000 game because of the UPC, UPC sticker. There's no other outward um, change on it. I don't know when the stickers were put on. I don't know if they were put on at the port. I don't know if they were put on in Europe before they came here. I don't know if they went to the distribution center. And then they did it. I don't know if the, some of them peeled off and they just didn't care. But I know my friend bought one at Toys R Us, and it does not have a UPC sticker. He still has it. I've looked at it. I've taken a picture of it. No UPC. So, I, you know, I, I don't know if that means some of them were distributed without. Again, I'm not going to go into who's right, who's wrong. Just know that if you want a set, some people are going to tell you, you got to have the UPC stickers, or it's not the U.S. release, even though if you went into the hardware, it would be exactly the same. You're also going to pay more. UPC yeah. sticker means more. More money. Especially with Sonic. And uh, that's as far as I'm willing to go into that debate. Again, I don't care about them. If you want them, great. If I found a Sonic UPC sticker for a cheap price, I'd buy it. Yes. But I wouldn't go around, you know, bullying people. Yeah, it doesn't matter. if You, you know, you wouldn't be like, no, you don't have a complete set because you don't have X, Y, and Z. Right. 
That's good, but it is, you're right, some people feel like they have to have it in order for it to be complete, and uh, personally it makes no difference to me in my own collection, but that's just me. Right, but do whatever you want to do. You do you, I'll do me, and we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, if you're going to collect it, though, it's not a huge library, and as long as you're not going for that Sonic uh, with the sticker, you probably can do it, you know, fairly affordably. Now, there are some expensive uh, games that are a little harder to come by or just pricier, like Buster Douglas Boxing. Yeah, that's probably, outside the UP sticker, UPC stickers, the most expensive one, right? Yes, I would say so. It was... Um, Certainly the one that I paid the most for um, in in my collection. Um, and why is a little bit harder to come across? Now, I did want it in fairly good shape, too, so I was a little bit pickier with it. Yeah, um, and that that's normal. Uh, you, you will have some difficulty finding that one. That's one that you don't always see on eBay. Some some games are rare, like your little Samson, but it's on eBay every day. Yeah. Buster Douglas is not that game. It's no. Like, couple hundred bucks you know up to like 400 i think and then you don't always find it so uh if you are collecting know that's uh that's kind of your barrier game that's the one that's gonna be the one that's difficult for you yeah because it doesn't matter how much you're willing to pay you're right sometimes those are a little bit harder to track down right it's even if you have the money sometimes it's just not available yep and anything else that's kind of been on the rise for getting more expensive oh like things like alf and um like some of the fantasy stars some of the RPGs, some of the, I think, Alex Kidd and Shinobi World, or maybe it's the other one. Uh, I mean, in general, you see kind of a rise, but where you might also see, like, some of the, the money spent is on, like, a Power Striker, which Mail Waves has, like, a, a weird, it doesn't have a color box. It's, like, a weird blue and white printing box only. Um, you've got Reggie Jackson Baseball, which has a variant. It has a blue label. And uh, with a, an orange, like it says sports in the corner, it's an orange or the red one. Um, so that, that kind of variant will kind of creep up the price on certain games. And then you have the actual blue label games. And there's a lot of blue label games in Europe and uh, the rest of the world. But here in the United States, these were the re-releases. Used to that traditional blue and white grid and that kind of, some of those change with the blue releases. But if you actually look on the cart, you, it's a... It's a blue and white sticker. It's not like that traditional, uh, like maroonish and white label. It uh, looks a lot different. And it is a library that I know we talked about this in a previous episode that you like Super Nintendo games because they had some sort of kind of continuity of how they looked on the shelf. Does that carry over to some degree to the Master System? Oh yeah, Master System is great in that respect. Like most of the boxes are just like the blue and white, and then I mean. Then annoyingly, you have like two boxes that are black and then like one that's red. Rampage is like a red box. And then there's a silver box. I forget which game that is. Then like Ghost and Goblins has kind of, it loses the grid and has like some artwork, but still mainly white. But yeah, mostly it's a, like as far as shelf look, it's a very clean looking shelf. Yeah, I, I figured that was a good point to touch on because I know how, how, how fond you are of that. Yeah, my, my OCD is is wild, and uh, it appreciates things like consistency. Um, so following the Master System was the Master System 2. Uh, yep. Wee! <laughs> yeah, how it's exciting. Just, yeah, it's kind of like the the Nintendo, right, uh, with its Nintendo Mini? Yeah. So tell me about what's different about that. Well, uh, no um, card games, no 3D glasses, 
which kind of got to, rid of two things. Um, different uh, built-in games, uh, Alex Kidd in Miracle World, and some, but not all of them later on, after 91, I believe, are have Sonic built into them. Oh, yeah. Uh, w- that's, again, oh, so weird that they have these built-in games, but yeah, you're right. And there's also two revisions of the, at least in America, there's more everywhere else, but again, there's two Sega Master System 2s, like boxes you can find. One of them has Alex Kidd on the cover, and the other one does not. And uh, we should also say that Sega Master System also had uh, a kind of equivalent magazine, much like the Nintendo Power. And, it, you know, it kind of started out a little bit weird. because I, like, like the Nintendo Power, it's a nice corollary. So in 1988, they had this thing called the Sega Challenge, and that was three issues. So that was like winter of 98 all the way through the summer of 98. So you're talking like January 98 to the summer. And then all of a sudden it became the Team Sega newsletter, much like Nintendo Fun Club. And then the Nintendo Power letter, I forget exactly what it was called, became the Fun Club and then became Nintendo Power. Well, they did the same thing. Sega Challenge into the Team Sega newsletter letter in fall of 98. And then uh, right in 1990, it became the Sega Vision magazine. So there you go. That was a very good recap of everything. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of our overview. Uh, do we have anything else we want to add about the Master System here? No, I think we covered it all. I, I think the, the biggest thing with, like, a lot of Sega things is that the, you know, kind of research aspect of it or being able to go into the Internet and find uh, information about them is still a little lacking. Oh, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of good sites, though. There's one in particular. It's called uh, Sega 8-Bit. If you look up that website and uh, like Sega Retro, those are two really good sites for the Master System. The Sega 8-Bit one is the best because they show a cool catalog of all of the like rare items like worldwide, like some sweet packings that it had. It has the Master System has a lot of cool-looking stuff. Unfortunately, it's just very rare, hard to find, and not nearly as popular, so it didn't get here. Um, right. But those are two sites I would recommend. Uh, checking out for sure we should also say uh, anything you got the power converter oh yes yes yeah yeah. let's not forget about the power okay power converter number one best way to play your master system games why here's why it plugs right into your genesis that condenses the amount of consoles that you'll need the play it's a it's a pass-through so it's not like an emulator so it's 100 percent legit hardware plays the games perfectly also, you get to use the Sega, con- the Genesis controller, which is a lot better than the Master System controller because the Master System controller had kind of a weak D-pad. It looks very much like the uh, Nest pad, and except it's got this weird, I, I don't even know, like kind of mushy D-pad thing instead of just a traditional D-pad, which is kind of awful, and it also breaks. So now you just get to use a nice Genesis controller. Three or six button, your choice. Yeah, which is a, a much nicer way, because if you are used to an NES controller, you are going to be very disappointed with the Master System one. Right. That is correct. No, I was going to say, I think that's the last big point of, you know, the kind of overall basics of the system and a little bit about the library. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a fairly good good place to stop. If you have any other questions, uh, feel free to let us know, or if uh, we miss something, please please go ahead and, and post because, again, this is just kind of an informational post. If you're thinking about getting into the master system, this is what we can tell you about it, and this is what you're in for. 
Sounds good. Okay, so Kat, let's let's do it. Let's let's go to the end game. What have okay. you played? Um, I'm still landscaping in Minecraft, which I said I wasn't going to do again, but for some reason I'm still doing it. It's like secretly addictive, and I don't know why I'm doing it. So life is strange. Don't even ask. <laughs> but no. But no. Are you sure? I'm sure. Okay, um, then I guess I'll talk about what I've been playing, which is Harmful Park. I've been playing Harmful Park shamefully on an emulator uh, on my computer with an Xbox controller, but I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm fa- I, I love this game. I just it's delightful. It's the best. You would probably like it, Cat. It doesn't really have animated vegetables, but it does have like ice cream cone lasers. Okay, well, see, I like things that are not animated vegetables. It's just the better if they have animated vegetables. Yeah, well, I, I know it's in your realm. Like, so, there's, like, fight pandas, like, marching pandas, and, like, you throw jelly beans at things. It's the best. So it's adorable. Oh, uh, it is. It's super adorable. You should look up Harmful Park and, and uh, just watch a video of it. It's amazing. Okay, well, that's good. I'm always looking for something else to play. That is not Life is Strange. Don't say anything to that. I'm always looking for something to play that isn't Life is Strange, said Kat. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, what have you bought? Um, A handful of N64 games. Um, Nothing super exciting. I posted them up uh, yesterday. Tetrisphere, Magical Tetris Challenge. That's a um, one, the Magical Tetris Challenge. I love that one. But I hate Tetris. Uh, well, still, Box is awesome. Yeah, for sure. It's just the cart uh, for this one, unfortunately. But it will get a box at some point. Okay. Um, And just a couple of uh, SNES games, one of them being Mortal Kombat 2. So that's kind of a good thing. Nice. But uh, nothing super exciting. You know, I bought a few more Super Nintendo boxes. That's kind of where I'm at. Um, I bought Pinball of the Dead for the Game Boy Advance. So Of course you did. Yep, and I got a few more of my Disney games. Got Lilo and Stitch 1 and 2 for the GBA. I did that because my wife will love them. And then uh, I've been working on a few deals, uh, which will be much cooler items to talk about next week if if everything goes as planned. Okay, so you're not you're going to keep us in suspense until it's finalized. Well, of course, because if I'm if something goes wrong, I'll be like very sad and, and I don't want to bring up sad things on the show. Like then I'll have to come back and say. Didn't happen, that'll just be bitchy and whiny, and we don't need that for me. Okay, that's fair. All right, so that's what we bought, that's what we've played, but now I think we want to add, like, one more thing at the end of a couple of our shows. We have a game for everybody, and this is a fun game. I don't know if you've ever sat down and read the back of any of the Nintendo boxes or any other system boxes, like early ones, like uh, 8-bit systems and some 16-bit, but the manuals are kind of amazing. Like, they usually have a story it's not like today's manuals where it's just you may not even have a manual anymore you might just have a little crappy insert but they went back and they they used to have to tell you story and it just gets a little bit weird so i'm gonna go with one i think is easy i'm gonna read and the like little story portion of the manual you guys try and guess it in the podcast or sorry in the thread on instagram and let us know uh, if you got it and we'll also put a reminder up about that so here we go Sipping cold lemonade with a couple of native lovelies, Mad Dog and Scorpion, Gorilla Warriors extraordinaire, relax on a Rio beach and boast how they destroyed the vile alien warmonger Red Falcon. 
Little do they know that Red Falcon didn't flee with his pointed tail between his legs. Instead, he tactically retreated to round up ruffians of the universe, friends from all walks of war, to mount a second assault on the planet Earth. One of these new recruits is Jaeger Freud, a demented alien from the black hole galaxy who dishes out punishment with a laser-sharp tongue. Red Falcon has also shuttled in the Babalu Bestructoid Mechanism, a giant alien attack tank, which was the primary weapon used to disintegrate the innocent solar system of Tralalala. Seriously, Tralalala. But the genius behind the Red Falcon's Earth-conquering concept is his plan to have thousands of intergalactic warriors seep into the brains of the U.S. Army. It's mind contamination trick, which was already taking command of the U.S. forces at Fort Firestorm. How do we know that all of these soldiers have been brain trashed? You can see it in their eyes. Now, if Mad Dog and Scorpion fail to recuperate from their months on the beach in time to destroy Red Falcon's GI fortified hate nest, his sinister schemes will permeate the world's mightiest power, nuclear missile silos included. And if that happens, well, we'll all be pushing up daisies. There it is. That's it. I'm serious. That's any of the weird grammar choices were not my own. That's how they were uh, grammatically selected in this passage. So let us know what you think that is. Kat, do you have any idea? I do, but I'm not going to say anything because I want everybody to chime in. Okay. Well, you keep your ideas to yourself. And next week, Kat will do one. And if uh, you guys like this, we'll, we'll continue to bring these out and see if they're any good. I think that's it. Is that it, Kat? That is everything. Um, and let us know about uh, what you think about the Master System 2 along with if there's anything that you have for questions or anything that we might have missed. I'm curious to hear the people's feedback, especially if you collect Nintendo. Yeah, well, and I also want to hear from the Master System collectors. Like, I want to know, because, again, I have the Master System. I've played a few of the games. But if you are a, a dedicated Master System player, let us know, like, some of the best games for it. What are we missing? Because we, we will do our top five, and I do have a top five from it. But I want to know from, like, the hardcore players how they feel. Okay, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Okay. Uh, Kat, where can we find you on Instagram? You can find me at CatSylvania, K-A-T-S-E-L-V-A-N-I-A. And you can find me at Johnny underscore Ayuchi. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next week. Bye.